Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Mary Scott Mercer and Rachel Autry bring weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Behind the Bliss podcast. I'm your host, Mary Scott, and today I'm interviewing one of my special friends, Lauren Hooker. Lauren is the creator and founder of Ellen Company. She's a graphic designer, a mom, and a pastor's wife. In today's episode, Lauren debunks the idea that we will ever find balance and really just talks about prioritizing what is most important. We also dive into talking about what it's like for her and her husband as they just recently bought a new house and what they're doing to renovate it to create a life-giving home. I can't wait for you to hear this fun and upbeat episode, so let's get to it. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. I am, when we first started the podcast, you were one of the first people that came to my mind as um, someone I'd love to have on the show. So would you just kind of introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are, a little bit about your life and about your new blessing and bundle of joy? I would love to. So my name is Lauren Hooker. You've said that already. Um, I am a graphic designer and that's really where I started. Um, I started out as a graphic designer, started Ellen Company a few years ago, and since have worn many hats as a blogger and um, podcaster and all sorts of roles now. But I'm also a wife to um, a pastor who is actually an assistant pastor for our church, which which is a church plant here in Florence, South Carolina. Um, And I recently became a mama. Um, I have a four-month-old little boy named Eli and Um, motherhood is just so much sweeter than I ever could have imagined. It's the best kind of hard (laughs) is what I keep telling people. That's Um, what everyone says. Oh, I can't relate yet, but one day when it's time, I'm sure I'll have all the questions for you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I, it's been a crash course these last four weeks and keeping a little human alive, but it's been wonderful. So, well, thank you so much for just giving us a little bit. I would love for you to just sort of dive in and and kind of what it was like for you to kind of make your dream come to life in the form of a job. I think it's kind of a crazy time that we live in in our culture where people can kind of become their own bosses and create their own jobs out of their passions. And I think your story is one of just kind of what it was like to just really pour your heart and soul and work really long hours and kind of figuring out what it was like to be an entrepreneur. So can you just kind of tell us a little bit about Ellen Company and how it all started? Absolutely. And the funniest part about all of this is that I never envisioned myself as a business owner. I actually promised that I would never have my own business because my dad (laughs) um, owned a business when I was growing up. He actually owned a gym in our small hometown. And I saw all the work and hours that he put into it. And I was like, there is no way that I would ever um, do that, you know, put all that time and effort into something. And I couldn't understand why he he went through all that effort. But now looking back, he has such a heart for um, people to get in shape and to become healthier. And so that drove him, his passion for it. Um, But I was always interested in art and design. And so it was kind of a given that I would go into graphic design when I graduated from high school. I ended up going to Virginia Tech and I graduated back in 2012, which feels like forever ago. Makes me feel old. (laughs) And um, I started working at a startup company right out of school. 
um, I was the only female working there out of like 15 employees. And um, it was a very techie kind of company. And I was able to design for them. And it was great experience, but I hated that job. And, um, and so I started freelancing on the side. And I started doing brands and websites for other creative business owners and just found a real a new passion for that and saw that um, having my own business would allow me to pursue it on my own terms. And so mm-hmm. um, I quit that job. I worked at Starbucks for a little while, which I feel like I did not know that, Lauren. Oh, you got to <laughs> do what you got to do. And I yeah. loved it. I loved that job. I loved being around people all the time, which is weird because I'm also a big introvert. Um, but I loved that job. And I also worked in life insurance for a while just to make ends meet. We were newlyweds at the time. And then my husband decided um, to go to seminary. He had been going back and forth on it for a while. Um, we were just trying to figure out the timing of how we could afford for him to go back to school. And um, But God provided, and we ended up a year and a half into marriage, um, picking up our lives in Virginia and moving to Charlotte, North Carolina, where he went to Reform Theological Seminary for three and a half years. And right when we moved, I thought, well, since we both quit our jobs, I'm going to start my own business finally. And <laughs> um, which looking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? But um, the Lord blessed it. And um, it, it grew by leaps and bl- bounds after I started blogging and just sharing what had worked for me and starting my own business. And um, now I'm four and a half years into it and have been able to bring on um, assistance and have some extra help. And really, it was a blessing that I was able to grow my business um, before having Eli because now I get to stay home with him and just trying to figure out what that looks like now. It looks a little bit different, but it's a blessing to be able to pursue what I love and also um, care for my little one. Yeah, Yeah. and be be a mom. So. Yeah, that's amazing. What would you say um, for just anyone listening right now who feels like they have that kind of burning desire in their heart to maybe um, really pursue their dream full time or create a side hustle, if you will? Um, like, what is what is like your biggest piece of advice on mm-hmm. creating time for that and p- pursuing it in a way that can eventually become financially um, providing for a family or just like kind of like your first step in dipping your toes into a dream outside of maybe your normal working job? Yeah, that's, wow, that's a great question. Um, (laughs) I'm like, where do I begin? Um, I know, I know. I really, what was so helpful to me, and this might be kind of a surprise um, for those of you tuning in and listening, but for me, blogging was so incredibly helpful and just sharing really helpful content, trying to help people, I guess is what it boils down to. And for me, that looked like blogging. Now it could look like podcasting, just sharing information um, with people and, and trying to help them. And I think a lot of times when, especially when you're first starting out, you feel like you don't have anything to share, or you might feel like you have imposter syndrome or that you need more time under your belt before you can begin to share. And I would just encourage you um, to share what you know and really focus on how you can help people. Because if you want to turn it into a business, you have to build trust with the people who are following along with you and consider what's in it for them. And um, 
for me, just sharing what I knew about branding and design and how to start a website. And even though I felt like an imposter and kind of had to, um, I don't know, I wasn't trying to be deceptive or anything, but kind of just um, act like I knew more than I did, but just um, sharing what I knew and trying to help people. And then it it just started to roll from there. I am so grateful that you said the imposter syndrome because I think so many of us fall into the trap of like listening to the lie that we don't have anything to offer because it's already being done. And I think we have to remember that God created each of us like specifically and uniquely to give something to the world that's only unique to Lauren or only unique to Mary Scott. And if we like succumb to the fear and the lie that we were just kind of copying someone, then we wouldn't be able to offer that exact perfect perfection um that god put in us to give to the world and so i think i'm so glad you brought that up because i think so many of us just don't take their steps we need to because of fear that what we have to offer isn't good enough or isn't different enough or um, anything like that so i'm sure that has got to be such a common struggle amongst you know influencers or online or people like you in just kind of the creative field because so many people are dipping their toes into that so Um, thank you for sharing that. I think that's something for all of us to kind of think through. Um, and I think I would just, I would want to know more than anything is what has been the biggest piece of surrender that you've had to walk through in, in achieving your dreams as an entrepreneur while also entering into the season as, um, you know, a ministry wife and really a mom, like what are like, is this a struggle for you? Is balance a real thing? Like, what is what's really behind that? Because I can't imagine what a change that's been like in your heart and in your mind and in, you know, just the time of your day and what you're allowed to devote to it. Um, so, like, has that been an issue? And what's that been like? Yes, that has been <laughs> something that's been on the forefront of my mind um, really for longer than the last four months since having Eli, just trying to figure out what balance looks like. And I've come to realize there's no such thing as balance. Right. And I've had to learn to say no to things. I'm very much a yes person, a people pleaser. Um, I fear man way too much. And um, I want to keep everybody happy. And I've just realized in this season that I do wear many hats and I have different roles, but looking at those roles in light of eternity, like my role Mm -hmm. as a wife and as a mom Those are lifetime roles um, that I've committed to and that the Lord has me in. This role in Ellen Company as a designer and a blogger um, is is for a season. And I hope that season continues, but that allows me to kind of have open hands with it. And, um, you know, I have thought a lot about what if the Lord asked me to give up Ellen Company? What would, you know, what would I do? And it, it would be hard to put away all those years of work, but really he was the one working all along in blessing Ellen company. You know, I was putting in the time and effort, but he was allowing me the space to do that and just blessing those efforts. And so, um, really that helps put it into perspective, especially when, you know, I'm trying to get work done during nap time and Eli wakes up from his nap Mm -hmm. way early and it tends to throw everything off and just reminding myself that, he is not an interruption. He takes priority over work stuff. And so I've had to first start out with that mind shift, but also realize that I can't keep adding things into my schedule and expecting to find balance. 
Um, mm. I can't keep saying That's yes something. to everything because I, I trick myself into thinking that if I just did things better, that I would have more space for things. And that's wow. a fit. Um, you know, the perfectionist in me and like this type A organizer thinks that if I just have my schedule just right, then I would be able to accommodate everything. And that's not true. Which um, is also us giving into the belief again that we are the ones that are in control. <laughs> right, and exactly. it's it's up to our performance and our, you know, diligence. And I think to a, to a degree, and as a recovering perfectionist myself, I think it's like figuring out the balance between perfection and excellence and mm-hmm. almost fi- like, okay, is the perfectionist in me going to freak out because like you said, your toddler or your newborn starts crying and your day is thrown? Or is it me being diligent with the time that I do have and making sure that the time I do put into my work is excellent? Because I think a lot of times I don't necessarily give my all to the time I have in that moment to mm. accomplish what I need. And I'll kind of like be on my phone or I'll be a little bit not focused or I'll have the TV on while I work or whatever. And I'm realizing that if I was just a little bit better with stewarding the time I had rather than acting like I need all this time, then we would all be a lot better. And I know this is the lesson I'm going to have to learn before I come become a mom, especially if I work from home, kind of like I do now, um, as not looking at that as an interruption, but really just managing blessings, you know, mm-hmm. um, managing the blessing of work while also managing the blessing as a, as a mom and a wife and, I mean, like, what does that look like in your everyday routine now? Like, what does a day in the life look like for you? Do you have a day in the life schedule or is it just sort of fly by the seat of your pants every day or what's that been like? I'm trying to figure out exactly what that looks like. So I, um, I sat down right before I came back from maternity leave. I took three months off, which was a huge blessing just to be able to adjust to this new season and spend time with, um, my baby. But I sat down and I just looked at my schedule and, you know, his nap times and feedings and all of that and thought, where, where can I have actual time to get work done? And even though I don't stick to that schedule to a T, I don't think I've not once one day, one weekday stuck to that schedule to a T, but just to kind of have um, a guide, you know, when I get off Mm -hmm. course to try to course correct and get it back to that schedule so that I can um, have space to get things done. But what I've I've really found is that I need to try to leave margin um, because things inevitably come up, especially with my husband being in ministry. And I want to be alongside him in ministry as much as I can. Right. And so just making space in, in my schedule for the unexpected so that, you know, when somebody in our congregation is in need that I can try to help in any way that I can, um, or just have that extra room to be able to meet the needs of other people. Um, a lot of times too, I'm learning, it looks like inviting people into my mess. <laughs> so, um, you know, if I need to be open to the house, not looking or our apartment, not looking perfect, um, and just inviting people in, or, you know, if I'm going on a run in the morning to try to get a workout in to invite somebody to come along with me, or, mm-hmm. you know, just inviting people into my schedule instead of, trying to compartmentalize everything, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think the lie that we would all believe is that we can't, like, show up 
mm-hmm. as we are. And the funny thing is, is usually when we create the space where people come into our house and it's not perfect or we show up sweaty after our run because we're just trying to make it all happen, they tend to feel the most free um, right. and like invited into being vulnerable on the other hand too, because if we were to create these continuously stiff environments, then people wouldn't actually feel like they can let down too. So that's kind of like what Rachel and I said at the beginning of creating Behind the Bliss. Like, what does it look like to show those pretty parts of our lives and really appreciate, you know, beauty and things that God's created and success and all of that? But the the fear and the problem is, is that we forget to show the other side so people feel like we're creating this unattainable, um, this unattainable image or standard mm. of living that isn't actually real. So I'm so glad you brought that in. And and especially in your motherhood, I can't imagine like these early stages, like if you got so isolated in being with Eli all day and trying to work and not fostering that community and being available to pour yourself out outside of your home. Like I just, I feel like when I tend to stay in my circle like that, I feel the most underwhelmed in my soul versus Mm -hmm. like the fulfillment that comes from like you said, inviting people in and, um, bringing them into my process. So I, I'm sure that's been, um, so helpful. And what people don't know about you is you haven't lived in Florence very long. Um, and you are pretty new. And so what has it been like for you to find that community and friendship in a new place? Like, has that been really hard? And what are some things that you feel like have been really helpful as you've built new friendships? Yeah, I think it was so helpful for us to come right into our church. Mm -hmm. Um, That has, they really do feel like family to us. We love our church and um, all the couples of all ages there. And I feel like that has made the transition so much easier. I will say that it has been especially hard in this season of having a four-month-old to not be close to family. So it's in the sense that we came right into a church family that has made it so much easier. We love our church family. They really do feel like family. There's so many sweet couples of all ages, people of all ages, a lot of kids. And so knowing a few of those people from previous visits to Florence made it easy just to jump right in. Um, But I will say that it has been really hard to have a four-month-old and be four and a half hours away from family, which I feel bad even saying that to you, Mary Scott, when your husband is deployed. Oh my gosh, no. No. Um, But when we were back in Charlotte and we were only three hours away from family and we didn't have a little one, and of course I missed my family, but we were excited to be in a big, bigger city than what we're used to and um, all these great amenities around us and we were kind of distracted by all of that. And then in moving to Florence, we love it here. We love the people here, but having a little one, I've really wanted to be closer to my mom and my sister and my mother-in-law and just share this sweet time with them. It kind of makes my heart hurt knowing that they don't get to see the day-to-day of Eli growing up. Mm -hmm. It does make the time that we are with them really sweet. Uh, But in terms of even just, you know, we're renovating a an old 1930s house in in town, which we're really excited about. But even just finding the time to paint, you know, one of us has to go over there at a time because we don't have family around to keep Eli on a whim or, you know, things like that. So that has been harder than I had expected 
Um, totally. But, well, just yeah. kind of going off that, like, what has been the most surprising thing about motherhood, both good and bad? Like, is it completely mm-hmm. opposed to what you thought it would be? Or are you completely surprised by motherhood? Like, what what is it? As, I know you're only four months in, but what are your thoughts? It has been so much sweeter than I thought it would be. I, I think, especially toward the end of my pregnancy, I was having moments like, oh my goodness, life is going to look so different and Jake and I are never going to have time together anymore. And just, mm-hmm. you know, thinking, and that's, that's Satan trying to creep in and steal joy and um, trying to deceive, but it really has been so sweet. Um, just this little person that is half of you and your husband and, um, you know, just that I'm his mom continues to blow my mind that he's ours and that God has trusted, entrusted him to us, um, has just been amazing. And it's been very humbling. And again, show me how selfish I can be. I think I got a a taste of that when Jake and I got married almost six years ago, people would mm-hmm. ask me, Oh, how, you know, how is it being married? How's newlywed life? And I think they were always surprised when I told them it was humbling. <laughs> I was like, it's very humbling. I completely agree. I'm um, never more aware of my sin than when I'm with Daniel. Oh, yes. But then, you know, it, the, the first year especially was, was just hard in loving selflessly and serving someone else selflessly, but it gave me the best picture of forgiveness. It it made me see the Lord's forgiveness in a whole new way. Um, When someone is choosing to love you and forgive you every single day. And so I knew that motherhood would be similar. um, And it, it truly has been in that it's really hard to give of myself all day long and always be on (laughs) you don't get to step out of that motherhood role and um I think too I've never really struggled with anxiety before and just trying to keep a little baby alive when you've never for me I've babysat a lot and I nannied in in college but when it's all on you I think there's this extra weight yes yes Yes. And so especially the first few months, I just really struggled with anxiety. And um, my sister has a close friend who lost a little one six months before I had Eli um, to SIDS. And it kind of wrecked me for those first couple of months of just fearing every time I put Eli down for a nap or for bed that something would happen to him. And so in that sense too, it's drawn me closer to the Lord and shown me my dependency on him and how little control I have and just to trust him and trust that he is good. And, um, and so it's been a sweet time of surrender. It's been hard, but it's been beautiful. Really good. I feel like I sort of had to go through that as well. Um, even with Dean, I mean, he's not my child, but just with the idea that we have to come to grips with surrendering those mm-hmm. and the things that we love most. And I felt like when Daniel first started traveling a ton for work, even before this deployment, I kind of felt like the Lord whispered to my heart that Dana was his son first before he was my mm-hmm. husband and almost kind of like reframing my mind of, okay, if, if Daniel is God's son, then he loves and cares for him more than I would. So I can fully entrust him no matter what comes to God and because he cares and loves for him infinitely more than I ever could and it kind of just like gave me this exhale while it was still really hard Mm -hmm. to like 
continuously open my palms and be like, he's yours, he's yours, he's yours. Um, to just like kind of reframe my mind of like, I'm going to be his wife as long as I'm given the gift of stewarding being his wife. And so every day is a blessing, not just when he's gone for work and doing whatever. So I, I would imagine it's a whole nother level of surrender when it's your child. I, I'm sure I'm going to realize it in a whole different way when I do become mm-hmm. a parent. But thank you for sharing that. I know it's probably comes with all sorts of um, emotions and fears and excitements and probably mm-hmm. every emotion that you possibly could have. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of emotions. And when the hormones are going too, it's just amplified. <laughs> Bless but. it. Bless <laughs> it. Well, Lauren, uh, as someone who has like, I guess, influence and a following online, like how do you decide what to share and what not to share? Like is oversharing your personal life, um, giving too much, too much of a, of, of a viewer's eye into your life. And what is sort of like the filter that you have to go through every day to decide how to grow your brand and how to grow, um, your following while also keeping it super organic and, um, genuine. Yeah. And this is something that I've been struggling with a lot, especially this last year. I feel like it got to the point where I was obsessing over, you know, wanting to portray my brand in this professional light and wanting, you know, my Instagram feed to be well curated to, you know, show my design style and just all of this craziness that I was overthinking it way too much. And something that I've been just reevaluating is giving people a clear picture of what it looks like. Cause I think when you only portray, you know, the cleaned up version, you are, you aren't being genuine <laughs> and right. you're and honest and just giving people a clear picture of what it really does look like. Cause I think it, you could look at, you could have looked at my feed and thought that I had it all together and then start feeling like, well, my, you know, my life doesn't look like that or my, journey in entrepreneurship doesn't look like that. I'm doing something wrong. Um, and so I've just felt really convicted about that. And, and just realizing that in my weaknesses, not only is that relatable, but that's where the Lord shows up. Mm. Um, that's where he's seen. If I act like I have it all together, then what is my need of him? You know, it just is, it's pride and selfishness and it's wanting to receive all the glory for myself and so wow that is a convicting message for all of us (laughs) to hear today if we only show the prettier parts of our life we are almost starving god to be seen in our life and Mm. lauren that is good (laughs) you said it way better than i ever could but that's been so on my heart a lot lately and so i've just challenged myself to every day share something and you know, try to be mindful of of the purpose behind it and not just sharing randomly, you know, but just trying to give people a better picture of what my day-to-day looks like and, and hoping that they can be encouraged in that too and relate to it in some way. And um, yeah. So. Well, thank you. That That is something I'm going to be chewing on for probably the next few days, but I sort of want to switch gears. You mentioned a few minutes ago that you are renovating a 1930s house. (laughs) And I just just want to hear all of the things like how, what's it like? How much are you redoing? Um, Is it hard being a designer and being a part of a design Mm -hmm. process, like in a home? Like, tell me all of that. 
Oh my goodness, this has been a humongous learning experience. And we go back and forth between so much excitement over the possibilities and just the, you know, what this house could look like. Right. And then we are like, what in the world are we doing buying a house with a kitchen that is not functional and has a hole in the floor? Um, thankfully, it doesn't have a hole in the floor anymore. They fixed that last week. But <laughs> we um, we always envisioned ourselves in an older home with charm. And we were looking all over Florence. And there are a lot of great, like, you know, builder grade homes, which is fine. But for us, we, we love trying to turn something that's a mess and kind of redeeming it and making it beautiful again. And so there's this one um, neighborhood that's a historic neighborhood. And we found this cute little 1930s bungalow. And it is a mess, but it has so much potential with like the original hardwood floors and big molding and um, just these beautiful windows. And so I found that people either have one of two reactions when we show them the house. They either think we have lost our minds doing this with a newborn or they're like, this is going to be awesome. Um, Oh, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. If people have any, I'll have to link all of the things, but if they had even... (laughs) a glimpse of your your taste and your design style like I know it's going to be amazing and I can't wait to come see it um, you are sweet. well what has been the hardest part about the renovation process for you like as a designer and is it hard coming together with your spouse to decide <laughs> what everything should look like I just oh, can't imagine well it's it's been a fun challenge because for me all of my design work is two-dimensional And so trying to think three-dimensionally and just design Mm -hmm. spaces is really hard for me, but it's been fun. Um, It's challenged the perfectionist side of me, especially now that there's like Pinterest and all these ideas out there and social media accounts of interior designers and fixer-upper and just it's overwhelming. But I just go back to what I really love is what I'm And I'm trying to think about the style of the home itself, but um, thankfully my husband trusts my design eye (laughs) and hopefully it'll come together well. But, but really something that's been on my heart throughout this whole process is just, I want it to be a place where people feel welcomed and we can invite people in our doors and they just feel at home themselves. And so just, is it, is it a hospitable place, you know, and just thinking about um, colors and you know, furniture and that sort of thing. Is it comfy? Is it going to accommodate groups of people? Um, you know, are people going to want to pull up a chair and stay a while? You know, just, I, I keep envisioning instead of necessarily all those details, just how I want the home to feel and just praying that the Lord would, um, make it a sweet place for our family, but also to have guests over. I love that. Have you read The Life-Giving Home by Sally Clarkson? Yes. So I, I just, um, I've been, yes, I bought it and I've started it and I need to continue. Well, I, it's a very long book. I, I ended up listening to it on Audible, but I felt like she depicted everything you would need to create and foster that environment for your family and for guests. And so I, <laughs> I tell everyone to read, I just love Sally Clarkson. I think she's so great. Um, yes. I'll have to link the book in the show notes so people can read it, but also yes. just on this fun topic, I want to know if there are anything 
anything, speaking of reading or things that you're mm. loving, can't live without right now. And maybe like they're things that you and can't live without for Eli's sake or for your sake, or yeah. they've been a saving grace in self-care while you've been a mom, anything and everything. Yes. So actually, it's funny that we were just talking about hospitality. I think it's been something that's on my mind anyway, but um, Jake and I just started reading together the book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosario oh. Butterfield. Have you heard of it? Oh, yeah. no, but I think I would love that. It's really good. That Her tagline is practicing radically ordinary hospitality in our post-Christian world. And it's (laughs) just about, you know, and kind of what I mentioned earlier, just inviting people in and how it, how it kind of looks messy. Um, but with your neighbors and those close, you know, around you inviting people in and how God works through hospitality, Rosaria Butterfield, she actually, um, was an English professor, used to be a lesbian. Yes. I know exactly who you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so, Part of her testimony was this couple inviting her into their home for a meal and having conversation with her and not being afraid of the differences. And um, that was their witness to her. And so I just thought that that was really interesting. And especially since we are renovating a house and getting to meet a ton of our neighbors on that street, which has been a huge blessing. Um, it's just been a really good book. Very timely at the That moment. sounds like an amazing book. I'm going to have to get that one myself. Yes, we love that. And then we're also reading um, Before Bed. We like to read together, which is like part of the sweetest part of my day. Um, but that. Tim Keller's book on prayer, something that I've just been convicted about this year. And one of my biggest goals for 2018 was just to be in prayer more often. And so um, it's just been a really good book. Some of it is theologically dense, which is good. And I'm Mm -hmm. grateful for that. Um, but just, yeah, on prayer and what does it look like to pray? And I think for me, I just, prayer isn't something that's easy for me. And a lot of times in my pride, I don't want to go to the Lord first or, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I get so busy or I make excuses and I just, I don't do it. And so, um, that was one of my like mini goals to reach my bigger goal of praying was to read a book on prayer. And so that's been a really good one. Cool. I'm going to have to check that one. We just finished uh, a series in our women's group at church on prayer and observing the way um, different men and women in the Bible prayed and approached God mm-hmm. in prayer. And it was very um, eye-opening. So I feel like I would really enjoy that one as well. Um, are you yeah. enjoying any other fun things? trying to think about the fun things, which for me, (laughs) fun things are kind of lame. I'm like, my life is boring. Um, I have loved grocery pickup right now. That has been my jam because, oh my goodness, going to the grocery store with a little one is rough. Not only is it embarrassing if they break down in the middle of everything, but um, just putting his carrier in the cart takes up the entire cart and like things that are just they used to be so simple are not as simple anymore. <laughs> and so grocery pickup yes. has been awesome. I um, actually do grocery pickup myself and I'm not even a mom. But I found <laughs> that it helps me stay on budget <laughs> if yeah. I'm not like 
roaming around and eyeing things. Like if I go to like order my groceries online, like I'm sticking to the list without just like buying random fun things. Um, so yeah. that's amazing. I encourage everyone to do a little roadside pickup. That's awesome. Um, okay. Well, Lauren, where can people find you? Um, what kind of stuff do you offer if people are curious? Um, maybe they want to start figuring out what branding might look like or yeah. anything from Adobe software to anything else that you offer, what, where can people come to find you for everything? Yes. So my home base is my website, which is landcompanydesign.com. I just had to choose the longest domain ever, which if you do (laughs) hope to start a business, do not do that. Um, But yeah, so that's where you can find me. And on social media, I'm at Lauren Eliz Hook. Um, My last name is Hooker, but that kind of makes things interesting with handles (laughs) and stuff like that. Well, I will Um, make sure to link to that. Yes. But I, at the moment, I offer two courses. One is called Freelance Academy. It's teaching people how to build a freelance business from the ground up. So if you have, um, if you're a creative business owner, you're in a creative field and you're trying to get clients, that course focuses in on how to get clients and then how to manage clients once you have landed clients. And then I have a course on Adobe Illustrator, so how to create graphics for your business. Um, And I have a lot of self-taught designers join in on that course too, and that's one of my favorites to teach. Um, And then I also have taken on business coaching too. I love the one-on-ones with... um, with other business owners and being able to give them specific feedback on how to grow their business. And I take on a few branding projects a year now. Um, and I do Squarespace websites along with those branding projects. So a few well, plates. Yeah. Spinning, well, as someone who yeah. has done a few of your, um, taken advantage of some of your resources, I can say they are fully worth it. And I am so impressed by all the work you do. But more than anything, Lauren, I'm so grateful that you came on the show and took some time to just kind of share some wisdom with us um, as what it's like to be an entrepreneur and a new mom and finding what we know now is not real balance, but just stewardship. So thank you so much for being on the show and we'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you, Mary Scott. This was a joy gosh, Lauren is so great. I hope you guys love this episode as much as I did. If you're interested in learning more about the services and products and podcasts that Lauren provides, head over to our show notes and I will link everything you need to know about the Freelance Academy, the LChat podcast, and just Lauren's personal Instagram over there. If you guys have a few minutes, we would love it if you would head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You guys have no idea how encouraging your kind words and comments are, and leaving a review helps us out so much. When you leave a review on iTunes, it allows someone who may have never heard about the show find out about the show based on other topics that they've listened to in the past. It's so fun to hear from all of you on social media. If you are loving anything from the podcast, we would love it if you would share it to your Instagram so that other people might find out about our show and that we can follow along with what you're loving as well. As always, you can find all of the info from today's show on our website at BehindTheBlissPodcast.com. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week.